Welcome to Treasury Talk in Your Small Business, a podcast for small business owners hosted by Michigan State Treasurer Rachel Eubanks. Our trending topics with subject matter experts will include cybersecurity, tax prep, continuous improvement, economic impacts, and inclusion and diversity. Listen for takeaways that will support you and your company. Hello to our listeners. This is Rachel Eubanks with a new podcast that all small business owners and entrepreneurs will find informational and hopefully entertaining. Today, I'll be talking with Michigan Treasury's Ryan McElhone on cybersecurity and your small business, a scary topic in honor of Halloween. Welcome, Ryan. Can we talk, can we start a little bit about what you do at Treasury and a little bit about your job? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Rachel, for this very first podcast. Very excited to be here. So like you said, just in time for Halloween, it is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So while we're thinking about everything scary in the world, we might as well think about cybersecurity too. So um, like you said, I'm Ryan Macklin. So I am the um, administrator for the Office of Privacy and Security here within Treasury. Um, And basically my day-to-day job is uh, making sure that we keep taxpayer information secure. So that means setting up good controls, uh, making sure that we understand why people need the data that they um, are requesting, making sure that we're doing monitoring, you know, that we know exactly what's going on with the information that we have at our disposal. Um, and we want to just really make sure that the taxpayers has a, have a sense of comfort that, you know, we're protecting the data that, the way that they would expect their data to be treated. Um, and related to that, we also do um, a lot of privacy-related things. So privacy is a little bit more geared towards, um, you know, the actual use of the data itself. So it's looking at things like, you know, what do we collect? Why do we collect it? Do we have um, you know, laws that say it's, you know, we can collect this, or is it something that's kind of nice to have, or it's a, um, you know, tool that we need in order to do business that we do. So as part of that, you know, we really get uh, critical about what um, our business areas are using that information for. We have a lot of really good conversations with um, Treasury employees just about, you know, proper handling and security of that information. So um, that's my, uh, my you know, day-to-day, all year round, but it's really nice to, you know, take a month out of that year and to really... Um, you know, just think about, you know, cybersecurity as it relates to everybody. Ryan, thanks for sharing your background. And we are so grateful to have you with that expertise here in the department, as you said, to make sure that we can keep taxpayer data safe and keep the department's data safe. And I'm really also happy today that we can share this through our first podcast with small businesses that may not have uh, someone with your expertise in this area. So much appreciated. And, you know, when I stay, think, you know, when I wake at night, one of the first things I think about is cybersecurity, you know, in terms of risks that are out there, risks for our organization, risks for the state of Michigan as a whole. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about why that might be? I mean, why is cybersecurity so specifically important to Michigan small businesses? Well, there's a, a couple of things that we um, want to protect against. I mean, small businesses just, unfortunately, they don't have the resources that, say, the state of Michigan has um, at its disposal or some of the larger corporations. Um, and unfortunately, that puts small businesses in a place where if there's one cyber-related event that occurs to them, unfortunately, that might mean that they're out of business. You know, it, it can um, you know, do things like shutting down a system completely. So if you're, you know, an internet vendor or, you know, you have, if your only uh, storefront is really a web page um, and that's not available, well, you can't do business all of a sudden. Um, you know, small businesses also, you know, are very reliant on, you know, having cash on hand and making sure that their banking information is secure. So if that, um, you know, becomes not available to them, uh, they're going to be in a world of hurt. Um, but one thing that we're moving towards as well is um, really a marketplace where um, privacy is a really, it's a value to the customers. Um, you know, you think about the reputational loss that certain businesses have had, such as 
um, you know, like Target or SolarWinds, you know, those are the, the kind of cyber events that come to mind. Now, some of those larger organizations are able to financially recover from that or reputationally recover, but as a small business, you might not be able to recover from the type of reputational damage that um, could be done if you're the target of a, a cyber attack. Absolutely. And it's something that people have long memories, right? They remember your customers will remember this for a long period of time and consider whether or not they want to do business again based on that experience. So uh, I think that's really important for small businesses to think about. What do you think makes a business attractive to cyber criminals? Is it just small business? Is it all business? Is small businesses, do you think, are they more vulnerable to cyber attack than larger businesses? I do. I think they're an easier target because they just don't have that expertise to be looking out for those types of events. Um, and, you know, on the flip side, you know, a lot of small businesses, you know, their main area of business is not thinking about IT events. Um, and the way that the world is with all these uh, kind of global events that are occurring. So you think about, um, you know, the pandemic, um, you think about the hurricanes that we've just experienced. Um, you know, unfortunately, those make small businesses targets for these uh, cyber criminals that want to take advantage of, um, you know, these types of events and make bad situations even worse. Um, I know, you know, during the, the COVID pandemic, um, even the state of Michigan was uh, the target of, you know, all sorts of different fraudulent attempts um, to get information and, and phishing attempts specifically. So um, it's really important that these small businesses be vigilant and, and be on the lookout for this stuff. Um, you know, if there's something that's out there that just sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I mean, when you think about hackers coming in and creating threats to an organization, any organization, I think a lot of people think, okay, there's somebody that's on the outside and trying to force their way in. But really, I mean, most of the time it's individuals from the inside that, you know, make a mistake and maybe click on a link. Um, and so how do you bring awareness to, you know, the fact that that's such a vulnerable point for organizations? Yep. I mean, it could be something as, you know, it could be a malicious uh, disgruntled employee, or it could be, you know, somebody clicks something on accident, you know, they click one of these uh, phishing links and um, now they've exposed the whole um, business to that. Um, so I would say it's really important that, you know, we have those frequent communications with employees about, you know, how they're using the um, equipment at their disposal. So if you're a, a staff of you know, 10 or less, you know, it's really important because you, you probably don't have, you know, web filtering technology and you don't have all the stuff that's catching um, these potential uh, phishing attempts. It's really important that you have those communications with your employees to say, you know, hey, you really got to be on the lookout for this. You know, you're not to use our equipment to, um, you know, for personal reasons, um, just anything that you can do to, um, you know, help avoid some of those situations. Um, but also just having really good controls, um, especially when you have you know disgruntled employees or you have employees that are leaving, making sure that you're doing an inventory to say, okay, well, what do they have access to that you know we need to go back and you know make sure that we've changed passwords, that we've done um, those kind of basic things to to keep them from you know causing further damage. You mentioned passwords, which I know is uh, a big area for you that you're trying to improve on security. Do you have any best practices for small businesses in terms of setting organizational passwords? Yep. Um, so most uh, systems out there will have a configuration that enforces some sort of a, a minimum password requirement. So one, making sure that that's set to something that you know what you know where that configuration is, um, you know who has the ability to change it, and just kind of knowing what that is, um, you know, set to. Um, that said, when you're setting passwords, you also want to be careful um, that you communicate to avoid, you know, commonly used uh, passwords or phrases. So, for example, you know, the, the passwords one, two, three, four, um, you know, the frequent ones of, you know, October 2022, fall 2022, 
Um, you know, and a lot of people think, well, if you just put like a, a you know exclamation point at the end, that makes it a secure password. So there's just a lot of uh, common mistakes that people make when it comes to passwords. Um, you know, that could that could hinder a business. So what we recommend is actually using passphrases. Um, so those are, you know, because the longer the password is, the more secure it's going to be. Um, so, you know, use a, a phrase that means something to you, but maybe replace, you know, the A's with the, uh, uh, you know, the at symbol or, you know, replace I's with exclamation points just so that it's something that you can remember, um, but it's also secure. And, and as far as having that kind of, you know, extended and, and encrypted password, um, is that I heard you are a gamer. You play video games. Is that your, what platform do you like to play on? I uh, I own all of the platforms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a, a video game junkie when it comes to that. Uh, but I would say that the primary is um, anything on Xbox, um, anything on the Nintendo Switch. I'm, I'm buying a day one and I'm playing it for way too many hours. <laughs> I love it. And so do you have secure passwords on your Xbox and Switch? I do. Yep. <laughs> so I have different passwords Excellent. for um, you know, certainly different passwords for personal life versus work life. Um, and then there's things uh, I have kind of, I don't want to say throwaway passwords, but those things that I'm less concerned about, um, you know, where I'll kind of use a, a sufficient duration or a su sufficient length password. But um, and then, you know, when it comes to like personal life, making sure that I've got a password with, um, you know, a phrase that means something to me um, with numbers that only mean something to me. Um, and then it's really important that you monitor those alerts that you get. I don't know if you have seen those uh, Microsoft Outlook alerts that'll say, hey, you know, somebody tried to get into your account from, you know, this location. Uh, well, as soon as you get one of those, you should be going out there and changing that password. That's a really good tip. I myself, I'm a Nintendo gal, so I like the I like the Switch. I just can't give up that Mario Kart, you know. There you go. <laughs> well, good. So what are these cyber criminals, what are they after? Are they always after money or could they be after something else? Well, it's not always money. Um, so one thing to keep in mind is that, unfortunately, with small businesses being an easy target, uh, small businesses can have a lot of confidential information that they might not be aware of. So um, you think about things like employee history when you do hiring or onboarding, like what information are you collecting from an employee um, prior to them starting with your business? Um, you also have customer information. So making sure that you you know, are thinking about well, what information are we gathering from these customers um, and what would a cyber criminal want to do with it? Um, and in some cases, you know, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes criminals, they just want to see what they can do. So they might, you know, get into your system and literally just shut it down for the sake of shutting it down, um, you know, which to them was kind of a, a novel or fun thing. But to you, that's your livelihood. So now you're, you know, you can't do business. Absolutely. There's a lot of uh, people to, out there doing nefarious things for a variety of reasons. It's not always money. So it's a really good reminder. So let's say some criminal does make it in the system, unfortunately, and a small business is dealing with this impact to their organization. What do they stand to lose in a cyber event? Um, I would say the biggest thing is um, probably is your reputation. Um, you know, if you are making the local news, nobody's going to want to do business with you anymore. Uh, but you also stand to lose, um, you know, customer information, your own information. Um, you know, when you're a small business, you're putting a lot of your personal life into these small businesses. Uh, so not only have you exposed potentially customers that are interacting with your business, well, you've put your whole livelihood into this business. Um, you know, you, you don't know how that could potentially catapult into, you know, attacking your personal life. Um, you know, going back to that passwords questions, well, how many times do we know people are using the same password over and over again? So if they're able to get into your uh, small businesses password, you know, is there a likelihood that they can also get into your personal life? So there's a lot at stake, you know, when it comes to these cyber attacks. 
So even though these cyber attacks may not be financially motivated, they still may have significant financial costs, like maybe you know losing their income or having running into regulatory fines or legal fees. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that could play out if an organization is subject to a cyber event? Sure. So I think you know the most important thing is you know small businesses need to know what uh, regulatory uh, requirements they have to meet. So you think about. Um, PCI for credit cards, which is the uh, payment card industry requirements that are out there. Um, you think about HIPAA, um, you know, if you're a, a health small business, um, you know, there's all sorts of other uh, government entities that are monitoring these businesses or these types of businesses and have statutory requirements out there that, um, you know, these, these businesses have to meet. So, um, you know, the other impact to this is if a uh, business doesn't do the right steps to protect their information to make sure that they're secure, um, you know, they could be subject to additional fees and fines um, as a result of a, a cyber breach um, due to you know, lack of due diligence. So what simple measures, If, as we're leaving this podcast today and a small business has been listening and they just want one tip from you or a couple tips from you, what small and simple measures can business owners take to identify risks and protect their information? So I would say um, really understanding what your vendors are providing you. Now, I'd say that because a lot of small businesses, they see things out there like, um, Square or other, you know, like credit card payment type uh, businesses that are available to them. Um, and a lot of the platforms that are out there are really, really great, or they can be configured to be secure. Um, part of what a lot of uh, folks don't understand, though, is just because I'm using one of those services, that doesn't inherently make me more secure. Um, there's things that you need to do as a small business to make sure that you understand um, what they're providing to you exactly um, and what your roles and responsibilities are. Um, so really, when you're looking at this, you want to look for those shared types of shared types of controls. Um, so, for example, on any sort of you know contract or an agreement that you enter with these vendors, they're going to spell out for you to say, you know, hey, if you're a small business, you need to you know make sure you're removing uh, employees' credentials that no longer require access here. You know, that's something that they don't do on your behalf. So, um, you know, really understanding what those vendors are providing to you and what they're, you know, explicitly saying that, hey, you as a small business owner need to have this in place. You know, that's going to, uh, you know, those are small steps that you can take to make sure that you're secure and that you understand, you know, what protections you have in place. Yeah, I think that's really good. Now, let's say a business has gone through this and they've come out on the other side and they've come out on the other side somehow either okay or improved. I mean, can you think of any real life cybersecurity success stories or a best case scenario to hope if someone's impacted by a cyber event? Um, so I would say, you know, the, the best case scenario is, you know, you come out of that, um, you know, with uh, no real impact as far as data breaches that are out there. Um, you know, you understood what the vendor's providing to you. You were able to stop it quickly um, so that it, you know, didn't impact your business income. It didn't impact your day-to-day -day operations. Um, and the best case scenario that you can uh, come out of that with is, you know, you've learned a lot about what um, cyber can do to you and just making sure that you're prepared for that. Because unfortunately, we're just in a world where, um, you know, these these types of attacks, they're not going to decrease. And, you know, they're increasing exponentially every day. So it's, you know, what can we do then to be better prepared for the next time that it comes, um, you know, potential cyber security occurs. So Ryan, do you think every organization should think of this as an eventuality, like not as of an if, but as a when? I do. Um, that's, you know, the approach that we've had for cybersecurity for the last decade plus is um, it's not if, it's when, and it may have already occurred and you don't know about it. So. Um, you know, when you think about things like um, monitoring, for example, you know, we do a lot of monitoring of audit logs and, you know, more the, the technology piece. 
Um, it's to try to find those events where, you know, we may not be aware that somebody was already in our system. Um, yeah, it really at this point is it's an eventuality if it hasn't already occurred, which is, again, going back to Halloween. It's a very uh, scary thought. It is indeed a scary thought. So let's say a small business has been listening today and they say, gosh, now I know why this is really important and why I should take action today. Where would you turn for resources for them to take the first steps? So there's a lot of good uh, resources out there, and I'm going to plug uh, Michigan Treasury specifically for um, tax-related type uh, cyber activity that occurs out there. So um, go to uh, michiganmi.gov slash treasury. Um, anytime that we have a knowledge of a cybersecurity threat out there, we will have a press release, um, especially if there's cases where folks are trying to act you know, as uh, Department of Treasury for your tax information. Um, know that you know we only communicate through mail, so we don't send emails. We don't try to call you, um, you know, especially during tax season. Those attacks are on the rise, and we just want to make sure that you're protected there. Um, additionally, the federal government's, um, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, or NIST, um, they have a great resource out there um, specifically for small businesses and thinking about cyber attacks. Um, and it's a great resource. Uh, the state of Michigan actually uses uh, the NIST framework for our own policies, so it's a great. Um, reference point that you can use for how to protect your own information. Outstanding. Well, Ryan, I always enjoy talking with you. You're a wealth of information about this topic, and it really is a topic that is important to me and will continue to become uh, more and more important as this you know, digital world that we live in continues to expand. So appreciate your time today, and thanks everyone for listening.